Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love for NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. And this week, we had a very fun and exciting race at Talladega Super Speedway. It was the Geico 500. Uh, this race um, started Sunday. However, we got postponed until Monday due to rain. And also because we learned something interesting. Talladega does not have lights, which actually surprised me considering Martinsville has lights. Talladega doesn't. Seriously? Yes. That They said that? It doesn't have... No, you're joking. Like, I seriously No, it doesn't have lights. So last lights. night, I so yesterday I asked Sebastian, well... Why are we waiting? Why are they waiting till Monday to run the race? Why didn't they just wait until the rain passed? And they, I mean, they started late in Homestead the week before. And so I said, unless they don't have lights to run in the nighttime. And so he went and did the research. And sure enough, no lights. No lights. If wow. they did have lights, they would have run the race. But the reason why they postponed it was because they wouldn't have been able to dry up the dra- the tracking time to actually do the race before it got dark. Wow, that's that's pretty surprising. I actually did not know that. All the years I've watched NASCAR, I did not realize Talladega didn't have night- lights. Well, Gio, what Gio was saying about how the race started at Sunday, it actually started on Monday because they were ready to go green. The rain came. And they put the flaps on, on the covers of the driver of the cars, and they started. They postponed the race, and the race started on so, Monday. So they didn't get any laps in on Sunday. That was actually one of my questions. They didn't get any laps. It really nope. did start on Monday. The whole race was today. Okay. All right. Yeah, today we're uh, we're actually recording uh, right after the race, so we'll we'll get into it. Um, yeah, so we had to wait till Monday. Uh, it was a three o'clock start. And um, we actually managed to run 55 laps in. And then rain came. More again. rain. I was so disappointed. I think that's been the common denominator for all the races that we've been watching lately since we came back is rain. You know, I I actually think that when the NASCAR people make the decisions on where they're going to schedule races, obviously, I think they they take into account climate in the different areas of the country. And if you think about it, this race is usually an April race. And so this is later in the summer. Usually this time of year, they're in a different place. In fact, all the races that have been rained out or delayed due to rain so far is because they're not supposed to be run in um this time of the year. So it's going to be raining. So that's why we've had that problem so much. Yeah, we get a lot of precipitation in the southern region of the United States yeah, this time been, of year. It's been kind of crazy how much rain has been impacting NASCAR this year. Speaking of rain, it's even pouring outside. Yeah, so if, if those of you who are listening... If you hear a little bit of background noise, we'll see how much I can take out and post. But I'm literally, as we're talking, I'm listening and I'm like, what is that noise? It's like the dishwasher turning on or something. Because we actually have had that happen where we're recording the podcast and the dishwasher will go on or somebody's phone would ring or vibrate or somebody's messing with the cables. And I'm looking like no one's touching the cables. I don't think the dishwasher's on. And then Karen and Johan realized, no, that's actually rain. So, yes. 
Uh, we're inside, obviously, but uh, yeah, even us, even we are being impacted it's by thunder. the rain. So, okay, so take us back to the race. So, it, it, yeah, we had 55 laps in, and then there was rain. And that actually kind of impacted the way I think some of the teams raced, right? They kept talking about that. So um, after we came back uh, to after that um, smaller rain delay, they NASCAR decided uh, to just run the rest of the final st- of stage one uh, under yellow flag and Tyler Reddick had been in the right position at the right time and took home stage one. Moving into stage two, this is when the g- race gets a lot more wild and NASCAR thought they were on a timer to go to ha- the halfway point uh, to finish the race in case another rain delay would happen and we saw a lot of action-packed a- action happening up there. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Joey Logano, and Brad Kozlowski and... Um, the Ryan Blaney were absolutely dominant during their entire race. They were bumping each other, moving up, dominating the entire field through stage two. But around, and uh, we didn't actually see that many cautions. The race was mostly green, but there were a couple of smaller cautions then and there. And um, around the end of stage two, they, uh, uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. had worked his way back up to the lead. Ryan Blaney was charging for the stage win, but and the last second, uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Uh, clipped. Snuck by. Yeah, you're stuck by. And got him. So, but one of the things I did want to talk about was the fact that NASCAR said what you what you mentioned, which was that they had set, announced that the race, or it's part of the rules, right? If the race goes halfway, then the race is official. And if there's another rainstorm, that's it. They call it and whoever's in front wins because there was the threat of more rain. I feel like the teams were in a much racier mood and they were just competing i felt like lap after lap you felt like like when they raced to the end of stage one i almost felt like it was the end of the race the way that they were racing it was it was interesting or stage two i'm sorry yeah the end of stage two yeah despite the fact that they were racing because you're right there was more action than normally you would see at a restrictor plate like talladega um i still think it was a very clean race I was expecting a lot more wrecks with how close they were driving. I mean, there were several times where we were screeching like, ah, he's going to take him out, you know, because they're bumping. Like, I mean, at one point, cars were like riding on each other's bumpers. And I honestly can tell you that I don't know how these guys don't wreck each other because I know if that was me on the track, I'd probably be in the wall. Or put someone in the wall. There were a couple saves that we were like, whoa! Like, I think Ryan Blaney was it. He, like, got loose coming yeah, into Joey, the trial. Joey got right in the back of him and turned him, and he wiggled back and forth and saved it. That Honestly, I think what happened uh, was Team Penske was trying to get around the leader, who was Tyler Reddick at the moment. And when they were moving, uh, Blaney went up and then Brad was going to follow with him. And so was Joey. But Brad ended up, when he came up, he didn't correct uh enough and ended up getting into blaney a little bit blaney managed to save himself and actually gained more speed and team penske was able to pass them it was a really cool moment and and when we watched it on tv what was amazing they kept showing when they showed the replay because ryan blaney's suit is uh was it had yellow i think his his gloves gloves are like white or whiter you can see them on the steering so you could literally see i thought it was yellow yellow or white but the point was you could see through the windshield how violently he had to turn his hands 
on that steering wheel to keep that car from he had spinning to correct, He out. had to correct the car like five, six, seven times. It was really difficult. And for those of you that are listening to our podcast, you're not big NASCAR fans, you don't watch a lot of races, Talladega is what we call a restrictor plate race track, which means the race cars, uh, and the boys actually corrected me, apparently they don't use restrictor plates, but we'll get into that in a second. Apparently, you basically have 40 cars racing bumper to bumper at over 200 miles an hour. The, the tracks are configured in such a way, the banking is done in such a way, they literally can keep their foot on the gas the entire way around without touching the brake because of the way that the, the track is configured with the banking and all of that. So that is how fast these cars are going. Literally, they're going 200 miles an hour. And yeah, at one point I heard you it. say that someone was going 203 miles an hour. Yes. I, at one point, I, it was Logano. I, and I forget what point in the race, but I remember yelling, holy cow, like I think it was 203 around, miles an hour. It was like around the mid middle point of the race when Team Penske was doing really good and they had been pushing and going into the turn – on the back, uh, going into turn three, Joey had maxed out two hundred and three miles an hour. It was un- it was unbelievable. So the point is, these guys are going so fast. Any little mix up, I mean, you think about how many people get in, in car accidents on the highway, and their their top speed is 55, 70 miles an hour. These guys are going two hundred miles an hour, and literally the car is sideways. And somehow Ryan Blaney didn't wreck, which. It's kind of an important thing to note. Ryan Blaney did that at 197 miles an hour. His car is sideways, spinning out, and he it was able to pull that together. So take us through the end of the race. Who ended up So um, anyway, with a really fun ending to stage three, we actually were coming to it. So what happened? You got to take it. Take us to the end of the race. We with like three laps to go. They were talking about the first off. Let me let's just go back and set the stage. So, Sebastian, set the stage. So, stage three was a lot of bumping and drafting. In fact, there was an incident early on that we'll we should talk about it later, but we'll come back to it anyway. Later in the race, like the drivers had, like a lot of them were dealing with um, gas issues, like. Some of them said they weren't going to be able to make it to the end and others were trying to save as much fuel, but even they couldn't make it. And so with like three laps to go. Jimmy Johnson is running up there and I got to say something. Hashtag Kevin Harvick stinks. <laughs> okay. Well, why do you, why do you say ha- hashtag Kevin Harvick stinks? What well, happened? You got to tell, explains- you got to tell our listeners what happened. Tell us why he stinks. Um, coming with, I think it was two laps to go. Drivers are, um, are falling back. Denny Hamlin's out of fuel. Um, that's why Tyler Ruddick fell back because they were running out push, of gas. His push, Denny Hamlin was out of gas and Ruddick had fuel, but he, Ruddick um, was falling back since he had no push. Okay, but then what happened with Jimmy Johnson? Because so, all of a sudden, Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson was surging to the front. Yeah, he, was he had a run. Up. He had a run on the top three drivers, and then and then suddenly, um, they go three wide coming in the top in the turn one and two. Harvick um um puts Jimmy into the wall and turns him. That's why I say hashtag Kevin Harvick stinks. Mind you, this is Johan who is wearing his favorite beloved Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> ally jersey 
So he's a bit of a Jimmy Johnson fan. So I think he was a little upset. We all got excited. Remember? We all jumped up. We were all screaming and yelling for you. We're like, oh, my goodness, he's going to do it because he had a run. He had a fast car. He was waiting. And the thing that I thought was really cool about it was that, again, some of these drivers, they're very strategic. They kind of wait. And Jimmy Johnson kind of was one of the drivers that waited a little bit, saving gas, saving it for the last part. And then three laps to go. Here he comes like a freight train. And I thought he was going to do it. And then. He, there was a little bit of space, I guess. Kevin Harvick thought, I'm going to go, and nobody's touching the brake, and he ends up clipping your guy. Hashtag Kevin Harvick stinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was actually happy that these several drivers were out of fuel because that actually helped um, Jimmy because that would mean less drivers up in the front. And I actually was like, uh, Jimmy may win this thing. You thought Jimmy would win this thing. Okay, so... So when Jimmy spins out, it brings out a caution. Hashtag Kevin Harvick stinks. <laughs> brings out a caution. And what happens after that? It's three laps to go. It's basically overtime. So now with our leader, Ryan Blaney, having a caution come out. And let me mind you that around this time, Ryan Blaney had to preserve fuel because he was going to run low on it and he wouldn't have been able to finish race. So anyway, caution comes out. You either go in. Or you stay out. Ryan Blaney made a bold move and stayed out, keeping him in the lead. So Ryan Blaney is in the lead with uh, a low gas, old tires, and a few other drivers went in. Well, he was able to save some gas because towards the end of the race, he was driving kind of in the middle of the pack. Yeah. And they actually said that, that he, and I can't remember at the moment what other driver, they were in the middle of the pack uh, as a way to conserve yeah, they, they said that that if you're in, in Talladega, if you're the first car out in the lead, you're using the most fuel because you're getting all of the wind resistance. Yeah, Joey was one of the first and cars. Joey was and one of the first cars just, in the lead yeah, almost the entire race. He wasn't able to save and, any gas. Yeah, so he kind of fell back. So Ryan Blaney stays out. So does Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick. And what is... Hashtag Kevin Harvick. <laughs> Mr. Where do you come from? You can say that. Stop you, it. I know you His say. His new nickname for me is hashtag Kevin Harvick. Well, that's stinks. for you. I, I got to respect the guy, though. He's still, I mean, he's won 51 times. In the I'm way. never going anyway, to listen, him anyway, again. Listen, anyway. Kevin Harvick is up there. You're starting to think, oh, my goodness. He's going to pull away and he's going to win this one. And I know at that point in time, you're all disappointed. But let me just say, I want a little credit here. When you guys were all like, oh, no, oh, no, Kevin Harvick's going to win. And everybody was fading back. What did I say? Nobody's going to remember what I said. Well, damn, well it's okay Ryan Blaney. we recorded my reaction. So yeah. we'll have to figure out a way to put it on our social media. But I basically said. Ryan Blaney. Still not has, yet. Not yet. Not yet. Guys, there's still another lap. And this is a big track. And they're going to build up some momentum. And what happened? They came around turn three and four. And on the white flag, they come around turn three and four, coming into the trioval. Ryan Blaney dives out into the lead, and everyone started getting loose. It, everyone went mad. Everyone started sliding across the track. The cards were wrecking, but and in a very, very close finish, like super close, Ryan Blaney barely beats out Ricky Stenhouse Jr. for the win. And, like, all the other drivers are wrecking. Like, Eric Amarola got third, but he was, like, spinning across the start-finish line. And even even Ryan Blaney got hit. 
and he was a si- almost Eric sideways Jones at one point. actually moved them out of the way, almost spun him out. You saw him get loose. Again, Ryan Blaney making an, another save. And then Eric Jones trying to go around him. Blaney just got into him, and Eric lost control. Uh, Stenhouse almost came up, but Blaney was able to hold on. So take us through the top five. So your top five finisher finishers. Finishing in fifth, Eric Jones uh, sideways across the line. Fourth was Denny Hamlin. Eric Garmarola in third, who, again, another sideways finisher. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in second, and your winner, Ryan Blaney. And I think it's pretty interesting. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. In, had won stage two in very similar close action, and they just reversed at the end the end of the race. The stuff you are forgetting to talk about, well, um, what I thought Chris Buescher was going to do, I thought it was going to be between Chris Buescher and Kevin Harvick. I thought what Busher was gonna do, what um was um one time and I think it was twenty eleven where Kevin Harvick launched passes Jamie McMurray and I thought Busher was gonna do that to Harvick, wait for the right moment to launch past Kevin Harvick and it's gonna be a drag race and Busher would just get him by an inch and um I was, is that what you were hoping for yes but weren't if, you excited with the way ryan blaney came in there and won at the last second yes and if i was saying to myself if chris busher won this race i wouldn't be mad at him anymore after what he did to jimmy and darlington man you have a long memory you hold on to grudges if somebody wrongs jimmy johnson they better watch out from johan you know, Johan, you should actually be proud of Jimmy. In fact, Dad, let's take a look at the Let's Go Racing Family 5. Now, of course, Ryan Blaney won as that Swamps driver, but Jimmy Johnson, Johan's driver, actually got all the way back to 13th after being spun out. As for the rest of our drivers, we didn't do so well. Kyle Busch, despite dominating and being up there a lot, had a tire problem in Stage 3, fell back and got lap two times to finish 32nd. Clint Boyer actually got caught up in one of the last wrecks and finished 25th, while Joey went in for tires in that final um, restart and finished 17th. That surprised me. made a little bit of ground back. I mean, that surprises me because he was running top five all, all race. One caution we actually forgot to mention was, I think in either stage two or three, um, the drivers were racing, and Chase Elliott wrecked. And the funny thing that we thought was so hilarious was that Joey Logano was involved. Now, he wasn't the one who took him out, but... That was funny. I forgot <laughs> we were going to talk about that. Yes, what I thought was hilarious about that was that all of a sudden, we see that there's a caution, we see a wreck, and it's Chase Elliott. I actually got distracted. I forget what I was doing. I might have been on my phone on Twitter or something. And I happen to look up and I see there's a wreck. And I so I didn't see what happened. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. If only Joey Logano was involved somehow, I would be excited. Because, like, I've talked about this. I think the rivalry part of the sport is important. And lo and behold, who was the driver that went up the block and Chase Elliott ended up spinning out? Joey Logano. Joey Logano. So I thought spin it, him out if you actually looked at the I wreck. didn't say that Joey spun him out. All I'm saying is that Chase wrecked and what driver happened to be near him? Joey Logano. And it just seems like when there's a rivalry in the sport and a driver has problems, 
the other driver, it just it typically happens to always be around the same place. It's like they're mag they're magnetized, they're attracted to each other in somehow, some way. And I think that's great for the sport. In fact, we were watching the race and they had a promo for Pocono. And who was the one that noticed the two drivers that they had advertising it? It was me on and who Pocono, are the two drivers? Chase Elliott and Joey Logano. Again, that's good for the sport. It helps raise the sport. I think that's great. So anyway, I thought that was exciting. Any last words on this race? Best race finish uh, for a while. It was. It was a really good well, finish. Um, actually, Ryan Blaney's the uh, first driver to go back-to-back in Talladega um, since Jeff Gordon 2007. Oh, that's true. And you, you know, know the last driver to go four times in a row? What? Dale Jr., Hall of Famer. I'd have to say this is my favorite Lecture. race of the year. Yeah, it was. This was yeah, this was by far my favorite race. Yeah, and so honestly, far. I think we I, I would love to see more of this uh Talladega type, Daytona type racing at other tracks. I mean, maybe not like Martinsville, considering you can't really have them bump drafting at Martinsville. You barely even go fast on that one. But at other tracks like Atlanta, Auto Club. Maybe even Kentucky. I think we could see more of that, more of pack racing, people I, making passes and stuff like I that. I think that's the biggest challenge for NASCAR. How do you make more of the racing happen at some of the other tracks? Obviously, you can't have those race tracks become restrictor plate because of the way they're configured. But yes, there's a way I'm sure that they're researching because clearly these are some of the most exciting races on the circuit. And so I always love watching them. All right. Next week is actually a true double header a weekend double header it is as we will be going to two races at Pocono the double header kids free 325 and the worry free 350 at Pocono Raceway who names these trip these races well it's actually kids free 325 and then the worry free and it's actually worry free warranty or something 350 it was just too long i didn't want to put that all on there and we're not being sponsored by them so Free uh, but stuff, but basically, there's two Cup Series races, one on Saturday at like 3 o'clock and then one on Sunday at 4 o'clock. We talked about this was going to be the race we were going to try to go to because it's up in the Poconos, which is, if I remember correctly, maybe 90 minutes yeah, outside of Philadelphia. Almost two hours, about two hours yeah, from Philadelphia. I think it's something like that. Um, and because I, I used to live, obviously, we talked about this. I'm from Philly. And so as a little kid, I actually went to the Poconos. The Poconos is a ski resort area. So if you live in that part of the country and you want to go skiing, that's where you go. You go up to the Poconos um, during the wintertime. But then during the summer, it's a great place to go camping. So as a little kid, that was one of the first memories I have of camping was actually up in the Poconos. Now, I didn't know much about NASCAR or anything about NASCAR. I didn't know there was a track there. But I always thought it was a really cool track to go back and check out. Um, because what what's one interesting thing about Pocono Raceway that makes it unique than any other track in NASCAR? It's the Tricky Triangle. It only has three turns. Yes. No turn four. No turn four. It's got three major turns. It's the Tricky Triangle. It is a very, yeah, it's a very unique race track. And they have two races a year. And uh, the only thing with that track, it's pretty flat. So there's not a lot of, it's, it, it actually, they say it's more like Indianapolis because the Indianapolis Motor Speedway has very flat turns, not a lot of banking. 
And so the car setups that they use for Pocono, they typically use for Indianapolis. Yeah. So doubleheader Saturday, Sunday, they will not be qualifying. I think the way they're going to do it is they're going to load two cars in the, in the trucks, uh, the transport trucks can hold two cars. And so one will be exclusively for Saturday and one will be Sunday. So if you wreck Saturday's car, you're done. You don't have a backup. There are no backups because that's going to be your Sunday car. All right. So let's talk about race picks. We started this last week and it was our opportunity to have a little competition. We had a a listener that suggested we should do something like that on the show. And so we're going to start this. So basically the premise is this. We each pick five drivers. It could be one of our favorite drivers or it could just be a driver we think is going to do well. If that driver wins, you get three points. If the driver finishes in the top five, you get two points. And if the driver finishes in the top 10, you get one point. And then we're going to keep standings for the rest of the year. And we're going to see who's going to win. And and whoever wins will kind of be known as our Let's Go Family predictor. Racing um, Race Picker winner. Well, that sounds like you're picking oh, your nose. Champion. I think it's a uh, Let's Go Racing yeah. Family nose picker. <laughs> yeah, the nose picker. <laughs> No, it'll the, the the it'll be the person that knows the most about NASCAR. So I have a lot on the line here. So let's see. Let's talk about who our race picks were for last week. So we'll start from the bottom. We'll say uh, Johan. He went wild. He went with Timmy Hill. Uh, Gio went with Ryan Newman. Sebastian had William Byron. Uh, I had picked Clint Boyer, and Mom picked Ryan Blaney. Woohoo! So, winner! Winner, winner, chicken dinner, as they say. Mom was the only one that had any driver get any points because her driver won. So she's got three, and the rest of us have nothing. Zilt. To be fair, my guy was the closest. He was literally one spot off, and he would have gotten points. Did he get, did he get it, though? Points. It doesn't matter if you win by a mile or an inch. Winning's winning. <laughs> you I didn't get into that top 10. Okay, Vin Diesel. Wait, shouldn't I get each of those points since my guy finished no, was a winner? you got your three. No, we're not doing it that no, way. You get your three and be happy with it. All right, so mom's up. So now we've got now we got some competition. We got to be smart with our picks. Okay, guys? All right, so we're going to do our race picks for next week. Now, what we'll do for this week, because I don't want to have two different sets, we're basically going to you pick one driver. And that driver will score in both the different races. So hopefully, you know, the theory is if the driver does well on Saturday, he's probably going to do well on Sunday. So we'll go around the corner and let's start with mom. Since she won, she goes first. Okay, so I'm having a hard time because I have three guys that I want to choose from. But I think from the three, I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott. All right. Chase Elliott it is for mom. Johan. Johan, who are you picking? I remember in 2019, the last one Kyle Busch had um, before Homestead, Miami, was Pocono. So I'm going with Kyle Busch. Gio? You know what? I'm going to go with someone for Penske, and I think I'm going to go with Joey Logano. I've seen his runs at Pocono, and I've seen how he's been doing this season. He's been staying up front a little bit. He's sure he's fallen back, but I think he's got some potential at Pocono. All right. Joey Logano. No surprise. Wearing the Joey Logano shirt. Sebastian. I'm going to pick someone who you will probably dislike. I am going with a past Pocono winner. Denny Hamlin. Leave you the, actually leave the table. Mine. Leave the <laughs> table. Oh, leave the table. Now, I, he, yeah, I, he was a person that I considered, but you know, I can't. I just can't choose him. You leave took, the table, please. You took my guy. <laughs> All right. 
in the spirit of picking guys that may not be the most popular. I was going to say, you can go with the 2018 winner. I don't know who that is, but I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick. Or you could go with the 2017 winner. Okay. There you go. So Kevin Harvick's my pick. All right. We'll see who wins next week. And and actually, if you get a guy that happens to win both races, I mean, you could really start to separate. So darn it. If Chase Elliott wins those races, we're in trouble because mom will be, she'll be up big. All right. I, here we I go. need Kyle Busch to win both of them. Please, Kyle, win them. And now it's Tony Six Degrees of NASCAR, where Tony tries to connect pop culture with NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. Six Degrees of NASCAR. I think last week it was Sebastian. So that means this week we're going with Giovanni. Giovanni, who am I connecting to NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation? I'm going to actually choose somebody from one of my favorite movies. Um, It's Detective Pikachu. I'm a huge fan of Pokemon, if you guys didn't know. So I'm actually going to go with uh, the voice of Detective Pikachu, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, one of Hollywood's biggest stars. And as you heard from uh, Giovanni, the voice of Detective Pikachu in the Pokemon movie. Well, he's also pretty well known, and I can see Sebastian smiling now. One of his favorite movies he's never seen and he's still not allowed to see, which is the character Deadpool. He's also made an appearance in the movie Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. So I thought, hmm, that might be my way in because we just did a couple of weeks ago, The Rock, and we connected the NASCAR. But I thought, you know what? I went back to the well last week. Let me see if I can find another way to connect Ryan Reynolds to NASCAR. Well, he's an accomplished voice actor. And he also played another, the voice of another character. But this one had to do with racing. Any guesses? He was the snail Turbo. Exactly. Mm. The 2013 DreamWorks animated movie Turbo. It's actually an underrated movie because it's about a garden snail that achieves its biggest dream, which is... Winning the Indianapolis 500. Well, you know who else was in that movie? I'll tell you. Paul Giamatti, big actor. Michael Pena from the... Ant-Man. From Ant-Man. Samuel Jackson from Avengers and Star Wars. And the 2018 Indianapolis 500 winner, Will Power. Who does Will Power drive for? Penske. Penske. Team Penske. That is how you connect Ryan Reynolds to NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. Bravo. Good job. I honestly didn't even realize that Turbo was voiced by Ryan Reynolds. Really? That was a surprise for you? No, I was like, he's probably just like some random actor I don't know of. Yeah, it was was Ryan Reynolds. I was actually surprised myself because how many times you guys have seen that movie, I did not put one and two together. I always recognize... The other actors that I mentioned, but I actually never realized it was him until I was doing my research. We should watch that movie again. I know. It's actually a really good movie. So for any listeners out there, it's a very cute family movie. It's about a snail that wins the Indianapolis 500. I know it sounds crazy. Just watch it. It's pretty funny. There's some big actors in it. Well, last time I saw the movie, we had tacos for dinner. Yes, we did. Yes, tacos. 
And what was the name of the taco Dos truck? Bros Tacos. Dos Bros. So we always call you So the boys Trace always bros. say, uh-huh, Tres Bros Tacos. All right. As we get close to um, the end of this week's episode, we want to take you through our segment, Racing Through Life. We've had to talk a lot about a lot of serious subjects the last few weeks and months. And yet again, here we are talking about something that in some ways I'd prefer we not talk about because it's an unpleasant thing that happened. But a very positive thing came out of it, at least immediately, and potentially could be good for the sport and good for what is going on in this country. So what here? let's start with the very unfortunate part of it. So as you guys know, uh, for the past few weeks, we've been talking about Bubba Wallace because Bubba Wallace has become the face of NASCAR's movement to be more inclusive and welcoming. He actually even featured a Black Lives Matter paint scheme that he drove in Martinsville. And it was him that had actually mentioned the Confederate flag during interviews and just basically came out and said, NASCAR really needs to take a look at that. And within a week, NASCAR, we talked about it last week, banned flying the Confederate flag because of what it symbolized to black Americans in this country. And we all we all said it was a great thing that they did. And most people are reacting very positively, not just in the NASCAR community, but across sports and people that normally don't watch NASCAR. I mean, LeBron James, one of the greatest athletes in the entire world, has t- tweeted Bubba Wallace several times uh, his support. It was uh, Sunday. When somebody, I believe, from the Richard Petty team discovered a noose hanging from his pit, his uh, his pit stall. But what came out of it and what is coming out of it could be a really, really good thing. And that's basically a lot of the drivers showing their support for Bubba Wallace. Well, Not and, just and drivers, NASCAR but standing owners. up because I I first saw it in Instagram. NASCAR standing up and making a statement, like boldly saying there is no room for racism in NASCAR. So, yeah, the drivers and the pit crews all um joined together to support Bubba. In fact, Richard Petty himself came down to the track to support Bubba. And it was this thing at the beginning of the race and it was super powerful and it showed NASCAR is supporting Bubba Wallace. In fact, they put on the infield or the the paint, I stand with Bubba Wallace. Yeah, they actually, yeah, that was cool. They painted that on the field or in the grass. It was pretty incredible to see his car being pushed by his fellow drivers. And then behind him was the massive all of the crewmen from all of the teams just d- building this just a multitude right behind them all together in unity and i don't know that i've ever seen all of the crewmen from all the teams in one place together just congregated like that all in one i thought it was pretty powerful to see one of the drivers like right in the front it's Kyle Busch you know he gets he gets cast as a villain if if you either hate him or you love him. You know, we have we in this family we 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 like Kyle Busch at least and Sebastian loves Kyle Busch. Uh but other drivers, other fans, they they may not like him. They think him cast him as a villain. But here he is. He was right there supporting him. Joey Logano, another guy. And that's the other thing. 
These were all the drivers, drivers that might have rivalries and maybe they, some of them have rivalries with, with Bubba Wallace, but that's on the track. But before the race to show their support, their solidarity, they all rallied behind him. And I thought it was a beautiful symbol and I thought it was very powerful. And they wheeled his car all the way to the front of the, of the entire, uh, all the cars and the line of cars. And they did it uh, right before they were going to sing, I think, the national anthem. Karen, you had mentioned that Richard Petty was there. Why was that so significant? Obviously, he's the owner. But in the light of what's going on in the world with COVID, why was it so like, wow, even Richard Petty had done it? Yeah, it was very meaningful. And it was very important for Richard Petty to come down and support his driver. Um, Richard Petty is, I believe they said he was 84 years old. And in light of what's going on with COVID, he's a high risk person. So coming out and is a risk for him. But it was a risk that he was willing to take to come and support his driver and to stand for his driver, to stand for uh, what's going on, for racial equality, to stand up for uh, his team and to show that he's not he's not going to allow this to happen. And he's not going to stand for this. So here's another example of one of the greats of NASCAR standing up like that in support of Bubba Wallace, Black Lives Matter, and showing why we need to be more inclusive. We talked about the story about Dale Earnhardt Sr. And then, of course, Dale Earnhardt Jr. has 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 men, mentioned many times his support for Bubba Wallace, Black Lives Matter. He's specifically said that. And then. And now to have Richard Petty do it. To me, it is a bold statement and it's a reminder or it's it's notice, I should say. It is notice to new fans of this sport. Don't let the past stereotypes of what this sport you thought meant label what this sport really means. And so to have a sport like NASCAR, where black Americans haven't been as an important part of the history of the sport to come out so strongly in support of Black Lives Matter, of Bubba Wallace, of removing the Confederate flag. Man, it makes me proud to be a NASCAR fan, to be honest with you. I think Bubba Wallace is going to go down in NASCAR history as being remembered as well as some other famous African-American athletes in other sports like Jackie Robinson or Kellen Kaepernick and Jesse Owens. Do you think so, Dad? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we look at the history, right? And you always tend to look at history more fondly than when it actually happened. So when we look at Jackie Robinson, there's a Jackie Robinson day in Major League Baseball where all baseball players wear his 42. Literally every team, every player wears 42. They celebrate him. They bring his family out. And it's actually a really cool thing. And it's like, man, that's so powerful, right? But when we watch the movie Jackie Robinson and you got a taste Again, it was a movie, but still, you got a little bit of a taste of the difficulty, the hatred that he had to face. It kind of puts it a little differently, right? So if you think about it that way, when that historical event is actually happening, what makes it historical is that it's going against the tide at the time. And then you go back as far as um, Jesse Owens. And this was another horrible time in the history of the, of the world. 1936, Berlin. Do you know what? who was in power? 
Adolf Hitler and the yeah, Nazis. It was the Nazis, right? And they still had the Olympics. And he was talking about the superior race, right? And had even commented how bad it was that the Americans had black athletes. And Jesse Owens went and dominated his events and showed the world in front of Adolf Hitler how wrong he was. Again, even that historical moment, and we look back and we're like, wow, what a powerful moment. But do you know the reality? When, when he came back to this country, he was snubbed. He was snubbed even in this country because there was still racism going on. Even though he went and won gold medals for this country. Think of how crazy that is. There's a lot of unrest when it comes to these things. And then you think about what's happening. With, even, even something you would think that makes no sense. Like why would anybody want to hold black Americans back anymore? Why would anybody want to have a symbol that represents some of the worst part of our country's history and use that as a symbol of pride? Why would you want to keep that? And when NASCAR said, no, we're not doing that anymore, people got upset and, and, and got angry. And, 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 and that's, the, that's the downside of it, right? It's important and it's powerful. And that's why, yes, I think Bubba Wallace will be remembered. You know, We don't know how it's all going to play out, but I, so far it's, it's looking like he's going to be remembered as someone very important and pivotal in the history of the sport if this sport continues. So I'm going to leave you with this one last quote. And, and actually, I, I call it a quote, but I don't even know who said it. I just happen to read on social media. And it's actually kind of interesting. So basically, you know, as we all know, everyone's talking about Black Lives Matter and all lives matter and people go back and forth, right? So the, the, the thing that I read that I was like, wow, that's, that is pretty profound, was somebody said, the, for those that are getting all upset and saying, no, no, it's not Black Lives Matter, it's all lives matter. Well, if it really was all lives matter, then why aren't you upset with the way black lives have been treated all this time? So we'll leave you with that. And we hope that our sport continues to be welcoming and accepting and inclusive. And we hope that this support for Bubba Wallace really inspires others to say, you know what, I need to take a look at how I've been looking at this and I need to be more of an ally, an ally to people that are being oppressed and that are, are being pushed down. So with that, Giovanni, why don't you take us out? Well, guys, that's actually going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening on in. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and download our podcast episode so you can listen to us whenever you want. Let's go, Racing Family, out. <laughs>